Hello there, this is Wale Olulano, the presiding apostle of Harmony Christian Ministries. I'm happy that you can join us today in our podcast. I pray today's message will encourage, edify, and illuminate your heart, wherever your circumstances may be. Please relax and enjoy. Amen. This morning, the title of my short exhortation is Blessed to Fulfill Destiny. Um, say, I am blessed to fulfill destiny. Turn to your neighbor, say, you are blessed to fulfill destiny. See, you're not just blessed to be blessed. The reason why God bless you is so that you can fulfill destiny. Please turn in your Bibles with me this morning to Genesis chapter 17. Genesis 17, we'll read verse 7. The Bible says, I will establish my covenant between me and you and your descendants after you in their generations. There is a lot loaded in that verse. It's not just your descendants. God is conscious that in your descendants, there's going to be a culture in their generation. So when we talk about generational culture, generational change, God said, even in every generation, my covenant will still be relevant. I don't care what's going on around you. I don't care what is being said in the press. I don't care what, whether they're changing the syllabus somewhere or not. But God is saying that if you understand that I'm a God of all generation, I will establish my covenant. He said, it shall be an everlasting covenant to be God to you and your descendants after you. I find God that he will not just be my God. He'll be the God of my children. It will not just be God in this time in our ministry. It will be God when we are long gone in Jesus' name. God is a God. He was a God yesterday, God today. He will be God forever in Jesus' name. And let me just read one other scripture quickly. Hebrews chapter 2. Hebrews chapter 2. I read 9 to 10. The Bible says, But we see Jesus, who was made a little lower than the angels. For the suffering of death crowned with glory and honor, that he, by the grace of God, see, we can't do nothing. If Jesus Christ needed grace, you and I need the grace. He, by the grace of God, might taste death for everyone, bringing many sons to glory, for it was fitting for him, for whom are all things, and by whom are all things, in bringing many sons to glory. I pray that you will be listed in that number to make the captain of their salvation perfect through suffering. Everything that has life operates in the principle of progression. Everything that has life. If there is life in that thing, it will progress. It will grow. The Bible says in Proverbs chapter 4 verse 18, he said, but the path of the just it's like the shining sun. It shines ever brighter onto the perfect day. I believe that your path will shine brighter. Amen. It might look a little bit cloudy right now. It might look a little bit of a struggle in your work, in your career, in your hope. But I see it becoming brighter in Jesus' name because you are walking with the Lord. This grace is upon your life in Jesus' name. The Bible said in Psalm 115 verse 14, he said, may the Lord increase you more and more, you and your children. I said, may God increase you. May he increase your children. May he increase the fruit of your body in the name of Jesus. Somebody might say to me, but 
It doesn't feel like that for me right now. It seems like there's a little bit of struggle. I thought I was making increase, but now it's gone down. God has a word for you in Job chapter 14, verse 7. He said, for there is hope for a tree. He said, I have hope. There is hope in me. He says, for if it is cut down. I don't know what may have cut you down. Many things may have cut things down. That may have been somebody lost their friends, lost their partner, lost their job, lost whatever. A tree cut down. He said that it will sprout again. I see you sprouting again. You are a tree of righteousness. I say God said you will sprout again. That hope that was lost, you will find it again as you hear the word of the Lord. He said that its tender shoot will not cease. May your root touch water in Jesus' name. He said, though its root may grow old in the earth and its tomb may die in the ground, yet at the scent of water, at the scent of water, that's what I'm trusting God for this morning. I'm trusting God that somebody here will take a little bit of water. May the water of life touch you. May the water of love touch your finances. May it touch your dreams, touch your passion, touch your walk with God at the center of water. All that God wants for you, for your home, for your marriage, for your business, and for this nation is the scent of water. The Bible said in verse 9, it said, Yet at the scent of water it will bud and bring forth branches like a plant. God works out his plans and purpose progressively. God's best is not yesterday. Amen. His best is from generation to generation. The Lord was speaking to me about this ministry. There are things God is saying to us, things he has said to us, that will not even occur in our lifetime. But it will be in the lifetime of our children. If everything God shows you is limited to your capacity, your vision is small. There are people here that will plant a tree that they will not sit under. That's why you can make a sacrifice that other people will benefit from. Because we are benefiting from the labor of some people in the past. Now, even though God introduced himself to Abraham, or introduced himself generally as the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, to every generation, you find out that each one of those people Isaac and Jacob, they had to know God for themselves. That's the plan of God, that every generation will know him. That is if the chain is not broken. It is your responsibility and my responsibility to ensure that our God becomes the God of our children. And every parent here knows what you go through, even to get your children to church sometimes. And if you don't have that challenge, you are blessed amongst all people. And many of us have to threaten, we have to fight, we have to do whatever, we are just to get in there. The fact that we are having this struggle is a struggle really of the future. Those children might not appear as if they are hearing, they may not appear as if they are following you, but gradually, eternity is being written in their hearts. And though the tree may be cut down at the saint of water, the scent of water. The tree will sprout again. We can't expect the education system to plant God in their hearts. 
So you see, friends, God is a God of progressive work and revelations. Progression is the key to growth. It's the key to advancement. It's the key to stability. It's the key to relevance and to accomplishment. There are things that would still progress out of this ministry, which we right now may not be able to do. There's a generation coming up. They are meant to progress and take it to another level. That's how things are. Uh, things you see today, you do today, your parents didn't handle them. Or maybe they spoke about them. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, from 8 to 10, it said, however, we speak wisdom among those who are mature, yet not the wisdom of this age, not of the rulers of this age, who are coming to nothing. But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery. The hidden wisdom of God ordained before the ages of our glory, which none of the rulers of this age knew. For had they known, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. But as it is written, I has not seen, nor ear heard, nor have he entered into the heart of men the things which God has what? Prepared. But how is it? He said he has been revealed. I love verse 10. God has revealed them to us through his spirit. For the spirit searches all things, though the deep things of God. The way to access the future. The way to press into the mind of God for what obtains in the future and how to. Is through the Holy Spirit. May you be filled with that spirit. Amen. Friend, when you look at society today. The society we live in. It's a generation that gradually being raised into an increasingly agnostic um, mindset where really it's not, there is no passion and no belief about the reality or the absoluteness of God. It is one where you have one side that doesn't really bother whether God is, God is not, but they just believe in what they can achieve. They believe man's limitation is to his experience. They believe that if you work for it, that's you. You become God to yourself. I remember years ago, there was a billboard across our country that football is our religion. How many people remember that billboard? Years ago. There are things you are struggling with today and many of us are only grabbing the surface of it. There's another growing religion, which is humanism. Now, these things will grow and it will increase. Because most of us are forgetting one thing. That if we keep on pushing a religion of you call on God to get this. Our children will get those things without needing to call on God. Are you following me, somebody? Seeking the Lord is not because I need a job. It's not because I need to get healed because science can do some stuff. It's not because I need to buy a house because somebody who doesn't know God will get a better house. Because that's not the limitation of God. That's not the full purpose of God. You and I need to get to a dimension in God. We are why we seek God is beyond things. We must be able to demonstrate to our children a lifestyle that money cannot buy. So their entire money that their system can get cannot produce that. And guess what? You have that capacity to do that. 
But the reason, and so if we want to pass God to the next generation, we have to look at how did God do it in the lives of those who worked before us. It begins with the fact that none of us decided to be placed on this earth. We are here on this earth because God chose that we must be on this earth. Do you agree? So if there is going to be progression, the focus cannot be just on the covenant or promises of God said, I will bless you. You will get this. You will get that. The progression must be based upon the fact that I must become the blessing. Amen. Now, the blessing or the covenant didn't come by itself. It came with a charge. The covenant came with what? A charge. And I want to read that covenant, which is what I read earlier on. Uh, let's read Genesis 17 verse 1. The Bible said, when Abraham was 99 years old. Now, at what age did God call Abraham out? 75. By the time he was 99, Abraham was super rich. Abraham was abundantly rich. Abraham was rich in everything you could call you want money for. In cattle and gold. But at 99, God now, knowing fully well that this grace needs to get to the next dimension. God was saying to Abraham, it's not about things. There has to be a charge that you must understand goes with your covenant. 99 years old, the Lord appeared to Abraham. And then he said to him, I am almighty God, walk before me, and what? And be blameless. God was not telling Abraham at this point about how to get land, about how to win souls, about whatever. You've got all that now. But you need to walk a walk that will be blameless before me. And I will make my covenant between me and you. And I will multiply you exceedingly. The guy already had it. Abraham fell on his face and God talked with him some more, saying, As for me, behold, my covenant is with you. and You shall be a father of many nations. No longer shall your name be called Abraham, but your name shall be Abraham. Now God is bringing a dimension that Abraham did not have before. God is saying to him that we need to have a name change. That's not just about just changing a name and not changing the heart. It's not about changing the name. It's about changing the heart. He said, your name shall no longer be called Abraham. It will be called Abraham. For I have made you a father of many nations. In other words, if the grace I carry has to affect the next generation, the battle starts with me. It's not the shouting only. That's important. It's not the telling them that's good. But it's me becoming the change. There are many of us that are good at telling, but we are not good at becoming. Let me jump to the next generation. Chapter 26 of Genesis. Now, chapter 26 is what I call the chapter of switch over. Because in 25, Abraham died. So the story moved on to the next generation. 
And it was in chapter 25 that you could hear for the first time Isaac hearing the voice of the Lord. But in 26, Isaac encountered the blessing, the word, the covenant himself. So here the Bible says there was a famine in the land and every child, every generation will go through their own famine. So it doesn't matter how much we don't want our children to suffer. They will go through their own suffering. Now, what will deliver them is the God they can hear. There was a famine in the land besides the first famine that was in the days of Abraham. And Isaac went to Abimelech, the king of the Philistines in Gerah. Then the Lord appeared to him and said, Do not go down to Egypt. Live in the land of which I shall tell you. Dwell in this land. I will be with you and bless you. For to you and your descendants, I will give this land and will perform the oath which I swore to your father Abraham. Now watch something here. Pause. God is saying what I told your father. That same vision, that same corporate agenda, that same grace is still on you. So what was it that God told Abraham that the children are yet to see? They are already walking in it, but there is always a new thing God has not yet done. So then he goes on to say, what I told your father, I'm about to do it to you as well. And I will make your descendants multiply as the stars of the heaven. Were they not the same promises he gave his father? Same. I will give to your descendants all this land and your seed, all the nations of the earth shall be blessed. And I love verse 5. Because Abraham obeyed my voice. Please note that. The only way that your blessing, that your God become the God of the next generation is if you and I carry out this dimension in us. Because Abraham obeyed my voice, kept my charge, my commandment, my statutes, and my laws. How will you be able to impart into the next generation a God you are not completely persuaded in? Your children watch you do God some days of the week. They watch your utterances. They see your values. They see the things that guides or leads you. And they see how you do the rest. And you know what? They are observing this because they learn better by watching. And this is really where it's important. It's not do as I say. It's about do as I do. The reason God can do anything in the next generation is because the children are watching us. He said, because Abraham, your father, obeyed my voice. Obeyed my voice. There is a dimension God wants to bring us to and bring our children to. It's a dimension where we know that we're not just blessed. There is an end that that blessing is pointing to. That is when we carry stature in the spirit. That is when... Kings come to our doorsteps. Abraham experienced it. But now, in Isaac's time, he was going through kind of challenges. In fact, he was, as God began to bless him, the Philistines envied him. And so they asked him to leave them. But because the blessing was on him, not on the place, Isaac continued to move, continued to dig well from verse 26 to 28. The Bible said, Then Abimelech, the same king, who asked him to leave them 
Abimelech came to him in Jera with Ahita, one of his friends, and Philcor, the commander of the army. So you see now, they are bringing the Federal Executive Council to his doorstep. The cabinet is now meeting in his house. People are coming to seek you. Why? Because you are obeying the Lord. The Bible says in verse 27, keep going, Isaac said to them, why have you come to me since you hate me and have sent me away from you? I love what they said here. But they said to him, we have certainly seen that the Lord is with you. Now these are hidden folks. There is something about the world they can recognize light when they see it. We have seen that the Lord is with you. So we said to ourselves, let's go and make an oath between you and us. And let us make a covenant with you. We can leave the rest of the story. When we talk about being a blessing, most of the time in church we talk about purpose. We talk about knowing your purpose. But when you know your purpose, we believe that then you know what to do, what not to do. Am I correct? Knowing your purpose is only half the story. Because the other half of the story is destiny. Knowing your purpose is about doing, knowing what to do. But destiny is what you become. I want to show you a story in the Bible quickly. It's in Ezekiel 28. Maybe I should just read Ezekiel 28. Most of us know about Satan. You see, Satan was not designed. He was not created as Satan. In Ezekiel 28, when you look at it from verse 14, he said, you were the anointed cherub. And uh, who covers? I establish you. You were on the holy mountain of the Lord. Now, that, this is a guy that was created to be a cherubim. And he said, you walked back and forth in the midst of fairy stones. Did this guy, Lucifer, did he know his purpose at the beginning or not? You were perfect in your ways from the day you were created till iniquity was found in you. So you may know your purpose. Do everything right. But the real question is, how will you finish? You were not designed just for purpose. You were designed for purpose and to finish, which is called destiny. What I found that is, we have come to a point where we are perfecting purpose as church. We do all the doing, but we forget to become. So it's almost like, a doctor that did all the work, saw the patient, but at the end also became a serial killer somewhere else because he was doing some stuff that were not in line with the work. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? It's like preaching, doing all the work, preaching, telling people about Christ, but also damaging lives off the pulpit. You see, so you may do the doing, but are you actually becoming the destiny? Are you heading to the right place? Now, getting to the end is what allows the grace to operate in the next dimension. You get it. So what you do is your purpose, but who you become is your destiny. In the life of Abraham, he was doing all the doing. But God realized that there is a need for the covenant to get to the next level. So he brought adjustment into his life. 
The only way, my dear friend, we can ensure that we bring in the dimension to the next level is when we begin to respond to adjustments. Because you must be concerned about your destiny. You must be concerned about the end. So that at the end of the day, you will not be a bus conductor that tells everybody where to go, but doesn't get there. So what do I see here? Paul, the apostle, he said, this thing I do, that I won't preach to others that I myself will not be a castaway. So that's why I crucify my body daily. Can you see that now? Because that is the doing and that is the becoming. If you understand that you are blessed to be a blessing, the reason why you are blessed to get to destiny, my friend, the key point to getting to the destiny is the adjustment that is required. Let me just give us one more. In Genesis 47, Genesis 47, 3 to 7, the brothers of Joseph had just come to town. And Joseph, knowing fully well the story of his family, he said to them, I'm going to take you to the king. Before this point, Joseph had prepared them. And when you get to the king, please, this is what you must tell the king. That we are farmers and we're cattle readers. Do you understand that? This is what we have done from generation to generation. He said, please, get it right. This is what you must tell him. Now, why is it important? Why was Joseph coaching them? I'll show you. So in verse 3, then Pharaoh said to his brothers, what's your occupation? So your occupation is what you do. But your destiny is who you become. What's your occupation? And they said to Pharaoh, your servants are shepherds. Both we and our fathers. Keep going. Then Pharaoh spoke to Joseph, say, your father and your brothers have come to you. The land of Egypt is before you. Have your father and your brothers dwell in the land. In the land, let them dwell in the land. Let them dwell in the land of Goshen. And if you know any competent men among them, now we're getting to destiny. Make them chief herdsmen over my livestock. The reason for all the last seven years of farming, of, of trouble, it's not just to get everybody into trouble. The reason why Joseph was sold into slavery is not just, this is the crunch to bring his family into power in Egypt. Are you following me now? So that the purpose of God can be established now. It was David who told us later. He said, God sent a man ahead of them. Don't blow the destiny because now we're about to get to the key point. When you get to the king, say the right word and you see everybody was put in the right position. Purpose is sterile without anchoring it to destiny. My prayer this morning is all that we do as a nation, as a church, will be to anchor our purpose to destiny. It's always important. When you don't just think about what I need to do, what I am doing, and you think about who you are becoming, then when you are put into power, when you are put into position, you will not mess it up. The reason why the world doesn't take us serious anymore. Is that we tell them who we are. We say we are light. And then when they put us into position, we behave like darkness. They see us doing this. They see us embezzling. They see us corrupt like themselves. They see us telling lies like themselves. So there is no difference between us and them. And then when we speak, they say, now you can't judge me. Do you understand what I'm saying? You see, the moment you have told them this is who we are, they expect a standard of light now to shine amongst us here. If there is a prayer, we need to begin to pray as we 
progress in our walk with God is that every one of us, if we say that we are Christians, then we will bring the Christ-like nature into all things. Destiny is a divinely intended end that justifies the painful path of purpose. My dear friends, purpose is painful. Going through it is painful. Destiny is the divinely intended end that justifies the painful path of purpose. This is where God's wisdom and name is glorified. That's where I want to get to. That is the end I want to get to. That is the destiny that I want to live for. And no matter what I endure now, when I get to that end, I will look back and I say, why well, is it worth it? God's name is glorified. I don't want to be one that will just go through purpose and finish anyhow. God doesn't want that for you. He doesn't want to after you have labored in the house of the Lord and you just end up like anybody else. He doesn't want after you have waited for his coming, waited for his miracle, waited for his hand, you just finish anyhow. He doesn't want after you have called upon his name. You know, say, you know what, it's not worth it. I go and fish you. I want you to please know that your struggle will not be in vain. Amen. Amen. Because there is grace on you. You know, that grace to get to the end didn't stop with Isaac. We have seen Isaac how he has done it from his father. Now let us see how Isaac did it for his own son, Jacob. As I close with chapter 28 of Genesis. Chapter 28 of Genesis. The Bible says from verse 1, Then Isaac called Jacob and blessed him. I decree that you are blessed this morning. And then the blessing came with a charge. Then he charged him, saying, you shall not take a wife from the daughters of Canaan. Now watch that. Because of destiny, there are certain things you can't afford to do. This is not just about wife or husband only now. He's just saying that because of destiny, there are some do's and don'ts in your life. You can't take a wife among the daughters of Canaan. Arise, go to Padan Aram, to the house of Bethuel, your mother's father. And take yourself a wife from there of the daughters of Laban and your mother's brother. Now watch that. Because there are some things that can derail destiny. Starting it is not that you have arrived. It's just the beginning. You have come so far. You have done everything right to get this far. But you must think about this. You must get to the end. And become a success story. Or if that's going to be, then you must be careful about association. So he says there, be careful who you associate, who you get married. Then in verse 3, he said, may God. Now I want to close with this blessing upon you. It's a five-fold blessing. May God Almighty bless you. May you become fruitful and may God multiply you. He said, and may, he, may you become an assembly of peoples. And give you the blessing of Abraham. To you and to your descendants with you. That you may inherit the land in which you have become a stranger. Which God gave to Abraham. I'm going to think about this blessing in five dimensions. First of all, he said you receive grace for prosperity. Just lift up your hand and begin to receive it. That in the name of Jesus, grace for prosperity. That whatever I lay my hands on, 
I decree in Jesus' name, blessing upon the Lord. The blessing of the Lord. The blessing of the Lord. Whatever it is I do, I decree in the name of Jesus. I decree the blessing of the Lord. Every idea that comes into my head, let the blessing of God come upon it. In the name of Jesus. The Bible says that God will make you to be fruitful. I command growth and proliferation. I say that it will not stop with you. It will not be limited to you. In the name of Jesus. This is a dimension of God coming upon you. He has blessed you and is charging you. He said you will grow beyond you. It won't stop with you in the name of Jesus. You started as one little idea. The idea was spread across the nations in Jesus name. He said you'll be an assembly of people. I decree government grace. Government grace, ability to lead, ability to gather, ability to speak among leaders to come upon you in the name of Jesus. I pray that nations will beckon unto you in the name of Jesus. I decree in Jesus' name that God will give you the blessing of your grandfathers. The blessing of Abraham will be yours. Generational blessing generational blessing in the name of Jesus. It will not stop there. I said the good thing you have heard about the past, it will become renewed in your generation in Jesus' name. It says in this word that you will walk in the inheritance. You will walk in your inheritance in Jesus' name. Gain access into inheritance. Gain access into inheritance. I decree and multiply over you that dimension of grace to come upon you to walk in your inheritance. I say you will not die before it. You will not die before it. Another man will not take what belongs to you. There are spiritual inheritances. Receive it right now. Receive it right now. In the name of Jesus. Things that you don't need to work for. I say because you are lined in. It is yours. It is yours. It is yours. In the name of Jesus. Receive it right now. Receive it right now. Receive it right now. In the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you. Lord, be glorified. In the name of Jesus. Amen and amen. Thank you for listening to our podcast today. We do hope you have been blessed. Our special thanks go to all our partners who give generously to support our ministry. You are welcome to be one of us. If you'd like someone to talk to you on any of the issues raised in today's message, please do call us on plus 44 208 597 or you visit our website www.hccenter.org.uk May the peace of the Lord guard you and keep you till we meet again.